Hi everyone, this is Jalisha from Sharebird. Thanks for being a loyal listener of our podcast. We're excited to announce that we just launched Sharebird Premium, a content library of proven playbooks, case studies, templates, and lessons learned used by product marketing leaders at the fastest growing companies, including many of who have been guests on this show. Start critical projects off right and avoid costly mistakes with Sharebird Premium. Visit sharebird.com slash playbooks to get access. You're losing 30% of your deals to competitors. Not cool. That competitive revenue gap is costing your business millions of dollars. So how do you tip the scale in your favor? Clue's competitive enablement platform makes it simple for product marketers and compete pros to give their revenue teams the exact right intel at the exact right time. Positioning, messaging, objection handling, and FUD. Clue shares real-time competitive insights in the places your reps already live and makes it easy for them to contribute insights from the field. Welcome back to Season 5 of the Product Marketing Experts Podcast. Today, I am really excited to have Raman Sharma with me, the VP of Product Marketing at DigitalOcean. Welcome to the podcast, Raman. Everyone's journey into product marketing is, of course, a little bit different. And so can you share how you got into product marketing and a little bit about your role today? Yes. First of all, Jeffrey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So my journey into product marketing, I actually started my career as a software engineer. And I did that for about five years, which is when I started to question whether I should be debugging C++ code all the time. So I decided to very intentionally move into product management and spend a bunch of time doing product management for developer tools at Microsoft, which is when I decided that, you know, as a product manager, especially in a large company, I was getting really good experience thinking about product roadmap, product strategy, doing some amount of evangelism as well but not enough of an experience around good market and thinking about like, how do we take these products into the hands of the customers? How does the sales machinery work? How do we think about pricing, packaging, and so on and so forth? So I wanted to experience that side of the business, which is, you know, in Microsoft, product marketing was the team, was the discipline that was doing those things. So moved into product marketing and have... Ever since I've stayed with the discipline, I love the idea of being at the intersection of product, sales, marketing, go to market, and all those things, which is what product marketing kind of affords you. So that's been my journey from an engineer to a product manager to now product marketing. That's amazing. You don't hear too many people who make the transition from PM to PMM, so to speak. I think you hear the opposite direction transition Maybe not super often, but fairly often. But the fact that you went from product management to product marketing is really interesting. Yeah, I do hear from some people like who want to move from product marketing to product management because they feel like they are able to satisfy a little bit more of their technical appetite in a product management discipline and be in a more, like for the lack of a better word, maybe in a more strategy-oriented role. Having come from a very, very technical background, I feel like... I have satisfied that side of my appetite. And I feel like I'm able to still do that in the context of product marketing. For me, it was more important to be close to like what really matters for the business. And I feel like in a product marketing role, this is my opinion, of course, I can have a more holistic 
picture of the business, not just what products and features we are building, but also like what matters for our customers, what matters for our business long-term. I love that perspective and that unique intersection of not only all the departments you mentioned, but the strategy and the market and everything really is what makes, or at least I think what makes product marketing so powerful in so many ways. Curious uh, about your current role. Uh, what kind of brought you to DigitalOcean and curious about what your current role encompasses? Yeah. So my last job at Microsoft was leading product marketing for platform as a service products. So it's a big portion. Most of the platform as a service products are very focused on developers as an audience. So this notion of building products and tools and services for developers is not new to me. In some capacity, I've been doing that for a while. But when DigitalOcean approached me, I started to research the company a little bit more. And I realized that they have a very unique kind of a go-to-market motion, very unique business model. Obviously, they play DigitalOcean, you know, for those that don't know, is, is an infrastructure as a service provider. But they have very intentionally carved out a niche for themselves in the SMB space, like small startups, tech builders space, and they don't go after the enterprises. So although we are in the same field as Azure, GCP, Google, and AWS, they have a unique point of view on like which audience they want to go after. So when I learned about this product and this company, I thought it would be very interesting to, number one, learn about a completely different go-to-market motion, bottoms-up, self-serve, developer-led, and at the same time, be able to bring some of my own experiences, having worked in cloud services, cloud infrastructure and platform services. I thought it was a good mix of growth for myself, as well as adding value on day one. And I feel very lucky to have had that opportunity. The journey has been great. When I joined the company, we were a small, scrappy team of three, including me. The company has grown. The company went public in 21. I grew with the company, thankful for all the opportunities I got. And now my team has product marketing and also some a few other pieces like content marketing, developer relations, and research. So that's kind of my role today, almost equally split between these four areas. Product marketing, very focused on product GTM, messaging, positioning, enabling our sales teams. Content marketing is a very strong, very powerful engine for our company, especially keeping in mind that our core audience is technical and you know developer-oriented. People who don't have much patience for fluffy content, they want content that adds value to them right away. Developer evangelism, developer advocacy is another one. We are a company much loved by developers as an audience. And a big part of that is because we add value to developers through our content, through our engagement and so on. And then the fourth piece is research, where I almost think about split responsibility for research, partly to help our product teams build the right kind of products, keeping in mind the problems that we're trying to solve for our customers. Are we building the right product? Are we, are we adding the right kind of capabilities? And are our concepts resonating with our prospects and our customers? That's part one. And part two is just continue to build a deeper and better understanding of our customers so that we can create better go-to-market motions. We can build better messaging. We can think about positioning and we can think about targeting a little bit better, You know, keeping those things in mind. That's incredible. The scope that you have, but I also want to back up just a minute or two. You mentioned when you first joined DigitalOcean that it was essentially a team of three. And I think a lot of product workers 
whether maybe they're accepting a new role or due to the current economy or whatever the case may be, they're feeling the pressure of having to do more with less, so to speak. And maybe that's starting from the beginning and building a product marketing team. Maybe it's an established team, you know, has had to do more with less. You know, curious how you, at the kind of early stages or early innings, so to speak, how do you divide the work and handle all the requests and also handle some of the strategy to lead you to where you are today, so to speak? I think that's an excellent question. And primarily because I feel like many people don't stop and think about like what really moves the needle. Product marketing, by its very definition, is cross-functional. Like it sits at the intersection of multiple disciplines. And you can invariably get drawn into a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions, lots of efforts, campaigns, and so on. So having a very strong point of view, mutually agreed upon with your boss and with your stakeholders like product sales, what exactly is the most important thing for business at this point of time? Having a strong point of view, which is agreed upon with all these people is actually very, very important because that becomes your guiding principle around where you spend your time. I'll give you an example. When I initially joined DigitalOcean, because by the virtue of being a very strong self-serve developer-oriented company and strong product market fit, we have seen tremendous success among individuals, among startups, SMBs, and so on. But we are also a very horizontal platform. We believe in openness. So we have not been very opinionated in terms of, oh, for this vertical or for this scenario, you can do this. It's a horizontal platform. You can come and build whatever you want to on top of it. The downside of that is that we don't want to introduce too many friction points in our customer signup process. So we didn't know a whole lot about like, what are these people coming and building on our platform? So creating a strong understanding of our customer base the problems that they want to solve and how our products and solutions help them solve those problems was probably the most important thing for us to do at that time for two purposes. One, to basically sharpen our go-to-market motions. Secondly, also to tell our story to the market because we were a company in the process of announcing ourselves to the world, like going public and so on and so forth and explaining to the rest of the world why we have a place in the world where the likes of Microsoft, Amazon, and Google are competing was super important. What's our unique point of view? Who's the audience that we serve? And I feel like this was actually more important than building, you know, onesies, twosies, pieces of content around a new product introduction or whatever. So I think I use that as a framework for prioritization. I'm not saying it's going to be the same for every product marketer. You have to identify what exactly it is that moves the needle for your business. Is it messaging? Is it positioning? Is it very minute, detailed around product growth, which means content and so on and so forth? Nailing that is probably the beginning of creating that prioritization framework. And maybe to dig one layer deeper, I'm sure you've worked with a ton of executives, founders, likely throughout your career, right? And many of the folks listening to this maybe are in that seat. They're executives themselves or they're working as a product marketing leader with executives. How I mean, executives have a lot of different priorities, right? They're working a lot of different things. So how do you kind of navigate all of those sometimes disparate priorities and get to that kind of mutually agreed on one point of view, or maybe it's one metric, or maybe it's something else, but curious how you've kind of done that in order to drive that strategy forward that you just mentioned. 
I think my preferred mode for doing that is always documenting things. If there's one thing that I really, really appreciate about Amazon as a company is their culture of documenting and writing things down. And I feel like there is a lot of merit to it. Internally here at DigitalOcean, we are actually very good about writing things down. And one thing that I decided when I came to DigitalOcean was that I'll not bring in my preconceived notions of like, what is a good marketing strategy? What does a good growth strategy look like? I had decided that this company is doing something really, really good. So I want to come in and let this company and let this current knowledge structure of this company change me a little bit. But then what you realize is that you talk to several people. There are several pockets of excellence and several pockets of like tribal knowledge in the company. Sales has a unique perspective because of their engagements with the customers. Marketing, because of their history with campaigns. Your exec leaders, they have a unique point of view based on the strategies that they're thinking about. So being able to like take all of that and write things down into concise documents that everyone can agree upon has been a very powerful tool, at least for me. Even in our company, the term SMB, small and medium businesses, we have a lot of debate around like what is an SMB and what exactly does an SMB mean in the context of technology builders, people who are like building technology organizations. Coming up with a crisp definition, which is agreed upon, you know, start with writing it down first and having that be the source of debate between all these different disciplines. So yeah, I feel like getting people on the same page through strong documentation has been one of the tools that has worked out really well for me. I love that. Document, align, and kind of cement the path forward, so to speak. And at HubSpot, during my close to six years there, we had a lot of debate around SMB as well, particularly in the middle of that acronym, uh, especially as we started to move I'm going to say upmarket. We, of course, didn't want to move into the Fortune 500, but truly defining you know, what the mid-market is was truly an exercise. So I'm sure that's a conversation we could certainly dive into. And to that point, I think being absolutely clear about the areas that you don't want to operate in is a very, like, it's a win. Agreed. I think ultimately product marketers, ultimately companies, frankly, it extends far beyond just product marketing, do a good job defining strategy but don't go far enough to define what they're not going to do, uh, what they're not going to focus on, maybe is another way of saying that. And I think that's critically important. Exactly. Maybe one more question based off what we were just talking about. I don't know if you know Jalay, the CEO of Mutiny. Mutiny is a website personalization tool. I want to say they're a Series B. I might be mistaken on that. Apologies to the team if I am wrong there. But she recently said on LinkedIn that the success of PMM as a function is really a shared responsibility between the CEO, sales, and product. And so I'm curious how you've gone about uh, successfully developing that you know, bi-directional relationship with executives and other functional leaders across the business to achieve not only the goals of, of course, your group, but drive momentum for the business. Yeah, I, I would add one more thing to that list, CEO, sales, product, and rest of the marketing. Because sometimes you will find that product marketing tends to be the most technical or at least the team that is most knowledgeable about your products and your audiences. If they are not, they'd better be, by the way. <laughs> and the rest of the marketing team is good at marketing excellence, you know, at the discipline of marketing and the logistics of marketing. So I look at product marketing as enabling anyone who needs to sell your product to basically sell better. It could be a sales team. It could be a marketing team. It could be a campaign team. And the bi-directional nature of the relationship that you just described, I think it's initially a lot of conversations. If you're new to the product marketing area in the for, for around a certain product or a company, 
you have to absorb a lot of context here like what the ceo is telling you what the other execs are telling you what the cmo is telling you with sales you have to not only gather the information that the sales team is telling you because sometimes the sales team will come to you and say hey build this piece of document or collateral for me it's a very transactional like request do this for me i'll be off but if you really want to understand the context around this request you have to actually start sitting in some of the customer conversations along with the sales team to the extent of actually pitching the product sometimes if it is a pitching conversation pitch the product help the sales team tell the story around your product or be a fly on the wall hear what the customers are saying and then make your own judgment around what exactly would be the most useful for sales in a future conversation maybe it is not this competitive artifact that you were looking for maybe it is just a storytelling around like okay what do the next steps look like so things like that so a lot of regular conversations some of them are ad hoc some of them are more structured and repetitive in nature so that's ceo sales product team i feel like that product marketers should be part product managers like at least they should be able to think like product managers in terms of the strategy of the product why are we building this who are we trying to go after is this the right area to be in have a strong point of view or even if you disagree a little bit be able to articulate that right very very clearly so you can't do that by sitting in isolation and just building collateral you have to be talking to the product team all the time whether it's a new capability a new pivot in a new direction around product priorities or so on so yeah i feel like <clears throat> number one like bring value to every conversation and extract value from every conversation i think that's how you build by directional relationship Completely agree. And I feel like if we were sitting on a live stage right now, some of the crowd would probably say, if I had to guess, how do you do that with the product team, right? I think we both probably see on you know sites like Sharebird, for example, where product marketers are asking questions day in and day out. How do I get a seat at the table with the product team? How do I really like influence those decisions? I completely agree with you that product marketers should almost be part PM to an extent and should have a strong POV and a strong opinion. How do you start that? I guess, you know, for anybody listening, how have you started that? How did you kind of get a seat at the table, so to speak? I think it has to start with some confidence that your role exists for a reason, right? If you yourself not convinced that your role, like, you know, what is the role of product marketing and why should a product manager trust you or respect you? I think that's a problem there. So you have to have confidence that your role exists for a reason. And then you start providing evidence around that. And the way you do that is by adding value that a product manager doesn't. I've been a product manager in the past, and I'm pretty sure like product marketing, product management also means different things in different organizations. In some places, product managers are effectively acting like what they call the CEO of the product, making all the decisions, having an extremely good understanding of the market landscape, how you compete, how you win, and so on and so forth. In other areas, I've also seen product managers basically act as project managers, people who are working just very closely with the engineering teams, and they are like execution and delivery masters. So as a product marketer, you have to find your spot. I think one thing I tell product marketers is never compromise on building an excellent understanding of your product and your audience. You're not a seller and you're not an engineer. Your job, if you need to have one superpower, that superpower should be that you know your customer better than anyone else. And you should be able to talk about how your product 
addresses the pain points of your customers. And if you are consistently able to bring that value and that superpower to your conversations, I think you will find a seat on the table because you will invariably find that the way you build this knowledge about your customers is through customer conversations, through research, through talking to sales teams, customer success, other people who are engaging with customers and so on. Product managers, by the very definition of their roles, will not be able to do this as extensively as you would because they have to deliver. They have to build product artifacts. They have to work. They have to do some amount of project management. They have to be deeply technical. They have to be writing API specs and so on and so forth. So that's how you start bringing like a perspective, which is much needed, right? But it cannot be performed all extensively just by the product team. Completely agree. Just evaluating what the product management team is doing and what those gaps are and where your product management team falls on that spectrum that you kind of identified. I've certainly worked with product management teams that are more customer focused and more market focused. And there's certainly room even there for product marketing to have a strong input into product management. The other side is maybe a little bit more obvious, you know, if the the product management team is so project focused, uh, how product marketing can provide input, but in both scenarios, it's important. Yeah, and I would strong. say even in case where the product management team is on the more strategic side of things, I feel like product marketing can act as a conduit towards the GTM orchestration. You may not be as deep an expert into the product as your PM is, but you know how the rest of the GTM machinery works. You can work with content, you can work with brand, website, design, analyst relations, and you can work with email marketing teams and so on and so forth, which why do we want to burden our strategic thinking product managers with that kind of a thing? So I think there are different kinds of value you can add. Exactly. We've kind of loosely touched on or maybe skirted around a little bit the topic of prioritization and the fact that, you know, we need to be not only as leaders, but also just as, you know, product marketers overall, really focused to achieve our own goals, of course, but also broader company goals. I've seen a lot of conversation in product marketing circles around ruthless prioritization. And so how have you kind of modeled that or how have you done that throughout your career and maybe at Digital Ocean even as well? Like how does that work and how have you effectively made those trade-offs? So one thing that I've learned very early in my career as a product, in fact, my first job in product marketing, I worked on Office 365 in Microsoft as one of the many product marketers, of course. And I found that I was effectively basically a task performer. I was a sales support person who was building collateral and content and presentations and demos day in and day out, very custom work for each and every deal that a salesperson was in. I got pulled into so many of those conversations. And while it allowed me to learn, you know, what a lot of those customers were doing with our product, it was no in no way scalable. So my biggest learning from that experience, and I'll come to your question. (laughs) My biggest learning from that experience was that if you do not define your priorities, your priorities will be defined by 50 other people. So the biggest part of creating this ruthless prioritization framework is first of all, acknowledge that your role is split into two pieces. The first is where you're defining the strategy, the go-to-market around your product or set of products. And the second is where you are actually a service provider to other teams, whether it's a sales team, customer success team, other marketing teams or whatever. And as long as you're clear about this, you will always be a leader 
in some aspects, and you'll always be a service provider in other aspects. You can reduce 80% of your randomization by actually creating this matrix and by acknowledging that if you provide enough guidance, if you provide enough of a framework within the first part of your job, which is acting as a leader and providing that GTM guidance for the rest of the team, you're answering 80% of the questions already, right? And then for the second piece, which is when you're acting as a service provider. And what I mean by that is, you know, there are invariably efforts and initiatives going on in any company where you need to build a piece of content, you need to run campaigns, you need to run, you know, you need to have a reach out to customers happening in which people need more gravity around knowledge of products and customer scenarios. And product marketers are invariably pulled into these conversations to build that. Is this the right email? Is this the right content? Is this the right white paper? Or is this the right type of customer segment to go after and so on and so forth? And so having a point of view around what are the top customer scenarios to go after will help you prioritize all of those requests that are coming to you. And this is after like you've already solved 80% of the problems for them by acting as a leader, you know, around what are the priorities for the company. So that's how I think about it. I know it's a long-winded you know, response to your question, but having that framework has really helped me. That framework is super helpful. There is no easy answer to that question, but that framework is a really helpful way for any leaders, hopefully listening to this, to think about tackling that for themselves and their teams. And I'm curious about, you know, throughout your career, you've worked at a number of incredible organizations and how has building the product marketing function at DigitalOcean been a little bit different in your eyes than building product marketing at some of the other companies you've been a part of? It sounds like at DigitalOcean that you primarily market to developers. And so, you know, with that target audience, so to speak, in mind, I imagine you've built the product marketing team very intentionally around that versus maybe some of your other roles weren't, not that they weren't developer focused, but just to say that they may have had a wider focus as well. Yeah, yeah. So when I look at my product marketing roles, my first, as I mentioned, was for Office 365, a product called Microsoft Project. It's a project management tool in the cloud. The audience was PMOs, project management organizations, project managers, portfolio managers, very, very different audience. I think even within Microsoft, it was very different because you were selling to a business audience and not to IT, which is where the rest of the Microsoft machinery actually sells. So very different. You know, you have to have the business value conversation is always top of mind. Like what's the business value that this tool is going to add? And how does this fit within the context of all these other tools that I'm using? Integrations and productivity gains, being able to quantify the productivity gains, that was super important. When I moved to Azure, it was dual in the sense that in Azure, we always thought about the decision maker persona and the user persona, the person who's going to use the product, the practitioner of the product. Since the practitioner was always a developer, like we were thinking about developers even at that time. But in DigitalOcean, the unique thing is that there's a significant overlap between the decision maker and the user. If you think about like a 50 person, you know, small and medium business who is primarily in the business of building software and technology online services, then you could be a CTO or a CIO or a VP of product, but you're still pretty technical. You're still, you know, in many cases, pretty hands-on. So because of this overlap between the decision maker and the user slash practitioner, I feel like we have tended to be a little bit more technical in our marketing, which is why I think product marketing tends to be a little bit more technical discipline here. And the unique thing to answer the second part of your question about what's unique about selling to developers is that developers want value quick. 
they want value quickly like in many cases they want value even before they give you money even before they swipe that credit card and that part is actually very very important for us so a lot of our marketing tends to be very educational in nature you know we have a very strong content marketing practice here at digitalocean we've built like thousands and thousands of tutorials around deeply technical very specific high quality tutorials around all kinds of technical topics around infrastructure linux networking and so many other things and and chances are if you are in google and you search for one of these things you will land on one of these tutorials and many of these tutorials actually are not about digital ocean they are very product agnostic by design because we want to solve a problem for a customer that they are facing today and if we you know that if we solve that problem for them which is a for this developer they will like many of them convert right away right but many of them will walk back with the impression of us as a company that really cares about developers so this developer brand and when i say developer even like ctos and co-founders of many startups identify themselves as developers this developer brand is actually very powerful in terms of when they eventually need a cloud service they will come back to us and they will use our products you know to build their businesses on to bet their growth on so i think that's one area in which the company has really understood this technical persona we call it a user decision maker co-founder whatever it's a technical persona that wants to get to value as quickly as possible and i think we have done it relatively well that's amazing i've seen a lot of they're not officially titled as technical product marketing managers but i think they are more technical companies like digital ocean in some respects you know obviously companies have emerged like stripe and plaid and digital ocean and many others across many different categories and places that are just more technical in nature so just curious how do you think about maybe getting into a more technical industry or company and specifically into product marketing you know for anyone listening to this who maybe has been a product marketer or is looking to get into product marketing but doesn't have maybe experience at a technical company how do you give them advice i guess on jumping into that in the first place yeah i'm in no way claiming that you have to be deeply technical to do product marketing even for a technology product it does help i think it helps if you are able to understand your customers if you aren't able to understand their language so depending on what type of product marketing you're doing in a technical company like for example you picked up stripe right you know product marketing for a stripe financial services product maybe doesn't necessarily deal with apis and all the technical constructs that a developer might be using so maybe the conversation is very much at you know what is the business value that a customer derives from this what are the different use case scenarios in which you can use this product and then within similar companies i've also seen specific technical product marketing roles which talk at a little bit more granular level around you know what is the architecture of an application look like when they use this product what are the four more granular technical scenarios in which you can use this product it's like slightly deeper technical product marketing so depending on which direction you are inclined in if you want to be like business value product marketing or if you want to be more around technical product marketing i would say you have to kind of build your understanding and your mindset in that direction if you want to go towards if you have a desire to go towards technical product marketing i think the best thing you can do is understand the product use it yourself and talk to more technical people within your company who are engaging with the product and the customers and then start understanding your customers also talk to the users and the practitioners of your product 
That's the only way to build empathy with those customers and to start getting a little bit more technical also yourself. I love that. It's certainly a great way. I mean, even regardless of the technical piece of it, even if you are really more of a business focused or a marketer focused product marketer, you know, being able to use the product and learn the product ideally before even starting at the company is a huge attribute, a huge win in many cases. One final question for you, and it's a question I love to ask all of the guests because everyone who comes on this podcast has deep experience in product marketing. And I, I think we all pick up a lot of knowledge that throughout the years within product marketing. And so what's one thing, maybe a colleague or a mentor or a manager that has taught you in your career that's stuck with you and really served you well? Yeah. So very early in my career, this was when I was a software engineer, actually. One of my mentors actually told me that you're never fully ready for anything significant in your life. So embrace that, the discomfort that comes with that, and be ready to jump in because you'll learn more through the journey than about, you know, dreaming about an ideal outcome. So I've taken that to heart. A lot of career decisions that I've made myself, a lot of project decisions, like what to get involved in, what not to get involved in. I keep that in mind because especially for somebody like me, I feel like I derive my confidence from knowledge. If I need to be a subject matter expert to feel confident about something. And if you are that way, then you will never be fully confident that you're ready for the next step, whether it's a career change, new product or whatever, right? So keeping this in mind that, yes, I'm not ready. I'm not fully ready. I don't have all the information, but I will jump in because I've done that in the past and I've been okay. So that has been a learning that I've kept with myself through the years. That's an incredible lesson. One I can certainly take to heart and I hope the entire audience can as well. Being comfortable with the uncomfortable, so to speak, is certainly a learned skill. Well, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me, Roman. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed it. Any final words or anywhere that folks can find the content that you're publishing or anything else that you want to share before we close? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I write, you know, sometimes for fun, sometimes just as a stream of consciousness. So I have a Substack. It's ramansharma.substack.com. My first name, last name.substack.com. Amazing. Well, highly recommend everyone check that out. And thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This show is produced by ShareBreeze, the knowledge-sharing platform for the fastest-growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out ShareBreeze.